This podcast is brought to you by Catch the Fire Boulder, where we're more than a church. We're family. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please go to ctfboulder.com. Good morning, everyone. I can't believe my baby is one year old. Last night around almost midnight, we were thinking, it's one year ago today, and she was being born. That was crazy. And again, I always say I have a higher respect for all moms now after having witnessed that process. It's amazing. I have a very low pain tolerance. <laughs> I'm just saying, you pinch me, I'm like, ow, oh, that hurt. Man, bless you moms. Um, okay. So, um, my mom is interpreting today for me. So bless her. So, um, uh, Olivia, don't be afraid to like be a little bit louder. You guys, I'm pretty loud when I'm out there now. It just, it's easy to get in the flow and preach with the preacher. Um, and not get monotone on my own self. So I get passionate up there and, and then I have to calm down. So don't be afraid to be a little bit louder, mom. Okay. So um, the title of today's message is, We Are the Church. Your growth depends on the church's growth. And the growth of the church also depends on your growth. They go hand in hand. They are connected, okay? Before I start in the scripture here, we're gonna read from 1 Corinthians 12, 15 through 27. So before I get into that, oh, sorry, I kind of hit the mic here. Did I mess it up? What's going on? Is that me? (laughs) It's so loud over here now. I'm gonna keep going. So today, uh, I'm going to talk about different types of divine callings on the church, from the global church with a capital C, to the local church, like us, and all the way down to an individual Christian's calling. Okay, so those are the three levels we're going to touch on today. And I'll also do a brief overview on how to develop your own personal calling within the local church, within the Great Commission. So those are the three levels that we're gonna touch on today. And we'll be spending most of our time in the third individual calling area, okay? First Corinthians 12, 15 through 27, here we go. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, That would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. I'm going to pause there for a second. So just because someone says, I don't belong to a church, you belong to the church. Just because people don't want to get together, gather around, gather to, it doesn't mean you're not part of the body. You're still part 
of the body. Moving on, verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? So as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Pause. That's why we're made different. Can you imagine having two Steves? <laughs> Could you Can you imagine having two Brunos? Like, we are individuals. Each one of us is a member, okay? Some of us look a little better than others. <laughs> Some of us are tall, short. Some of us have short tempers, bigger tempers. But we are all one body. So say this out loud. I am, I am part of the body. Now look to your neighbor and say, you are, you are part of the body. Amen. Moving on, let's keep going. Verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that seem less, uh, th that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our, or I'm sorry, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. There are many, or so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually we are member, uh, and individually members of it. So if one person hurts, we all hurt. And if one person has a victory, we all have a victory. So you guys listening online, you're part of the body of God. And when we work together, we can do a lot. Okay, so <clears throat> when you're disconnected, when you're not functioning in your own gifting, or when you're just out of place, everyone suffers, okay? The growth of the church is your own growth. I'll say that, like, you get what I'm saying? I'm not saying that if the church is doing great, then you're doing great. I'm saying the opposite. The church is you. When we grow ourselves and when we together grow, the church is growing. When you grow, the church grows. And when we suffer or when we become stagnant or dull or slow, we all suffer together. So it's fundamental for us to understand this from the start, okay? When we commit to helping the church grow, we grow. When we commit to helping the body of God grow, so when I commit to helping you grow, we grow. I grow when you grow, and you grow when I grow. 
we all grow together, okay? It's a long-term commitment. Let me, <laughs> it's a long, I've been at this church for uh, just over 10 years, a decade working here. I've been at this church for about 14 or 15, 13. I've been at this church for about 14 years. I'm surprised. I was like, wow, I've been here for a while. And it's just, it, it's a long-term commitment, but as my baby just turned one, 10 years goes by like that. I'm about to reach my 20-year, or maybe I already passed it. I lost count. My 20-year high school reunion. <laughs> oh, John Ammon. I'm going to talk about the shoes in a little bit. So we're all different parts, but together we have to be healthy together. So now let's clarify, next slide, let's clarify the different types of divine callings, okay? We have the Great Commission, the next slide, Great Commission, the church vision, and a personal calling. So I'm going to rephrase those, next slide, to be just mission, vision, and calling for today's sermon, okay? So let's start with the mission or the Great Commission. Matthew 28, it's really clear. ESV says, I'm going to skip to verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you till the end of the age. So it's really simple there. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time in this. It's not debatable. So next slide. This is the universal mission of the church, okay? To make disciples and to teach those disciples to uh, do what Jesus taught us to do. It's really clear. So what Jesus did, we teach and we do. We don't teach without doing it, or we try not to. That's how we make disciples, is just living together. It's almost like a, it's so, it's, it's such an old thing, and it's also such a, are we doing it? Are we actually discipling? I disciple someone, and someone disciples me, and together we learn, like, it's just living together and learning from one another, correcting each other, encouraging each other, everything. It's, it's an investment into someone's life. And it's easier said than done. But we have to do it. So in Acts 1-8, don't turn there, this is in a slide. Acts 1-8, Jesus, this is the last thing that came out of his mouth in Acts before he ascended. And he says, telling people everywhere, like, you're my witnesses, okay? Telling people everywhere, first in Jerusalem, and throughout all Judea, and to Samaria, and the ends of the world, like, everywhere. It's first Jerusalem, that's us. Jerusalem is family. Samaria, they didn't like Samarians. Like, they didn't really fully get along. So those Samaritans, I'm sorry, the Samaritans. So those, those people, like, they're like, it's, 
preaching to those who you do not like. I'll say that again. It's sharing Jesus with people you don't get along with. I'm sorry, get over your feelings. Get over your political agenda. We don't have time to bicker and argue over stuff that in eternity, it's not gonna matter what Republican, Democrat, or other. It's not gonna matter. What matters is Christ crucified and nothing else. Outside of that, as Paul says, it's all dung. And that's a way worse word. <laughs> that's a nice word. It's not nice. In their language, it's a, not the nice word. It's, it's what it is. Everything else is nothing in light of Christ. And that's it. The vision. Next slide. So the vision of a church is this is how a community implements steps to fulfill the mission or the great commission. Okay, so now Great Commission, that's universal, everyone. The church from the apostles to now here in China, in Mexico, in Honduras, everywhere. Everyone who ever said yes to God, that's the Great Commission. Make disciples and teach what Jesus taught. Now the vision of a church, that's more local, okay? That is, again, it's a vision. It's, it's how a community tries to fulfill the Great Commission. So every mission or every church has the same, yeah, thank you. Every church has the same mission, but they all might have a different vision. So the mission universal, the vision is contextual. It depends on where you're at, what you see, and how you think your community needs to be served. The vision, yeah. So the vision, it's different everywhere. It's different here in the United States versus Mexico, versus Japan, Russia, China. It's also different Commerce City versus Broomfield versus Frederick versus everywhere in Colorado. Okay, it even changes in time. It's different reaching people in 20, 2018 versus 2020 versus 2022. It's changed in the last four years. It's crazy having people here. For a minute there, no one was here except, who was here? One person was here. Like two people were here for like a few months <laughs> in all of 2020. And all of a sudden, the church vision became, we need to preach online. Everyone and their mom was, had a YouTube channel or a Facebook Live. Everyone started. That's how that Facebook Live started. Like well, the one I have on my personal account. It started because we needed to reach people and we needed them to hear it in Spanish one way or another. So we, <laughs> we did whatever we, it's the vision, it's context. How do we at Catch the Fire Boulder reach our community, our people, okay? So 
Many times churches, I think, do stuff out of inertia because that's how we always did it. We go to church because we've always gone to church. We uh, have Wednesday services because that's just how it is. It's for the more on fire Christians, a Wednesday service. We meet because uh, that's just what we've done for the last 30 years and we're not gonna change it. <laughs> it's just we do things because it's how we've always done it. It's very easy to get stuck in that. Now, someone might ask, well, what if I've been attending a church for 50 years? Are you telling me I'm in the wrong? No. What I'm saying is you always need to keep a fresh vision for yourself and always be connected to where God wants you to be. God might want you to be somewhere for two years, five years. God might want you to stay somewhere for 10 years, right? God might want you to stay somewhere for 50 years. It's, the, it's not a time frame. It's just, are you where God wants you to be? Amen. Thirsty. So, to know a church's vision, you have to know the leadership's heart. You can't attend somewhere and not know what their heart is. It, you know, it'd be like if you're a Bronco fan, but you go to a club that's all about the Raiders and you're not connected to their heart, are you? You have to go to where your heart is connected to. You have to know the leadership. You have to know the heart of where you're serving. Because we, as a church, we, there's like, I don't know, there's like 30 different churches in a 10 mile radius of here. And they're all different. They all focus on a different thing. So what do we, as Catch the Fire Boulder, focus on? And how do you, fit, how, how do you connect to what we're doing? Do you connect? It's a really good question. I'm not trying to push people away. I'm trying to get you to think. Be where God wants you to be and then do something or get connected. Come to a new friend's lunch and get to know some of our leaders. So I'm going to go to the calling now. Going pretty fast. I might have to do baptisms faster. So the calling, your calling. Let me get a drink of water. refreshing some high quality h2o <laughs> your personal calling derives from uh, a lot of times uh, your personal calling can come about a few different ways it can come from the church that you're connected to I got saved in a church that was all about tell people about God everywhere all the time and so if you talk to me like even Taylor we were out in Orlando and here I am in the middle of the ocean talking to some guy about God in the middle of the ocean some guy I don't even know because he was he was teaching me how to duck under the waves with my boogie board <laughs> and then we started talking he asked me where I'm from he's from Cuba I'm like oh I'm from Mexico but really I'm from here but I am Mexican. And we start talking, and then he asked me about my life, and I ended up talking to him about God. 
this is out in the middle of an ocean. <laughs> like, the thing I'm saying here is the church that I was saved in, that's what we did. That's what they taught us to do. I really do still have the DNA of Victory Church off of 120th and Sheridan. I still have, <laughs> I still have, I still have that same heart to talk to people about God everywhere, anywhere, pumping gas at the store when I'm tired, six o'clock in the morning, don't matter. If God has a word for you for someone, give it to them. And, it, and it's always gonna be a part of me, even when I'm grumpy and I'm like, I don't wanna talk to anyone. Even then, God will say, hey, go talk to that guy right now. And I'm like, oh. And then I do it and I'm like, whew, I feel great. <laughs> it, it pumps me up. Um, am I going too fast for my mom? Está bien, se escucha bien? See, está bien, okay. My mom is, she, she's way better than me. <laughs> um, sometimes your personal calling is connected to some sort of passion that you have. Okay, maybe it's artistic. And here's where I'm gonna work in my shoes, John Ammon. You see these shoes? These shoes? Yeah, these shoes? You see these shoes? Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't wear white shoes, ever. I, Maribel knows this. I always wear black and gray. And my people that really care about me always give me slaps on the back of the head. In Spanish, it's called a sape. It's a form of, it's not really for reals. But because I always wear black. So I'm trying to wear, I'm wearing navy blue today. <laughs> but these shoes, Here's what I'm saying. Sometimes your calling is, co is connected to some passion that you have. So, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but <laughs> I'm, I'm weird. I'm a, I'm a weirdo. I don't fit in, and I don't want to fit in. And so I always have to be doing something artistic. I'm an artsy kind of guy, okay? So, I haven't been taking pictures of action figures <laughs> for a while now since the baby was born. Life changed a lot. And I'm like, I need something that I can do at home. So Trey, my brother-in-law, he needed, he wanted a pair of shoes painted. And now I, I'm starting to barely get into redesigning or repainting shoes. I'm not a shoe guy. I'm not a sneakerhead, but I like art. So here I am on eBay. It's like two in the morning. I can't sleep. And I'm looking for a pair of white Air Jordans or Air Force, Air Force uh, A1s. And I'm trying to just find a cheap one, but they're expensive. And I come across these shoes. I think, well, I think they cost 180 bucks. Taylor is nodding. Yes. And I'm like, dang, those are expensive. Now I'm sleepy, and I'm like, I'm going to bed. But I kept scrolling through eBay. So I fell asleep, got up, went to work. And then like a day later, I got an invoice for the shoes. And I'm like, what the? And I, I checked my account. I bought those shoes when I was half asleep. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and so I tell Taylor, 
And I said, hey, I did something bad. And I explained to her, and she goes, what size are they? And I said, 10. So how convenient. They're in your size. You accidentally bought them. I, I did. I didn't mean to buy those shoes. But I've been wearing them now because I have to, because they, they wouldn't accept returns. <laughs> so these are the most expensive shoes I've ever bought. I'm not a shoe guy. Yeah, now I'm going to paint them black. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's funny because through the art uh, action figure stuff, I ended up getting to know people and talking to them about God. And I'm, I'm just now starting this. I don't know who I'm going to meet, some sneakerhead that wants shoes. But what I'm saying is sometimes your calling isn't as complicated. You don't, you don't have to go to seminary school and get, be a doctor in biblical theology. Just talk to God and keep doing what you like to do. Like, I like art stuff. And through that, I always have an opportunity to talk to someone about God. So sometimes your calling is connected to some sort of passionate pursuit, like a hobby. Or maybe it's linked to a past hurt that you have victory over. Maybe something in your past was something that you dominated, that God helped you through. And maybe that's your calling. You know, maybe your calling is to help people addicted to bad habits because you have victory over it, okay? Maybe your calling is part of like something like that. It, it can be anything really, but just talk to God and it's don't, just keep it simple, silly. <laughs> just don't complicate your life. What is Lucas Lace? He says, uh, Dr. Lucas Lace, he says, uh, why do we make things simple when we can make it complicated? <laughs> don't complicate your own life. Just talk to God, find your calling, keep it simple. God made you guys, every single one of us, to bless someone that no one else can bless. You guys have the ability to reach people that I will never reach, that any pastor, no matter how great they preach, no matter how awesome, they're not going to be reached by anyone except you, okay? God has people lined up for you in your own life, in your own walk, at work, school, in your family, in your neighborhood, God has these people lined up for you. Look for them. <clears throat> so real quickly, next slide. Uh, oh, yeah. So he chose us before the foundation of the world. God chose you. He didn't choose Bruno to preach for you. God chose you to be you. And God chose all of us together to work together. There's a really strong connection between your personal calling and the vision of the church that you attend. It's, it is linked. So, next slide. We just have these three questions. Do you agree with the heart and the overall direction of your church? Is there a type of ministry that motivates you? And is there a hobby or some sort of activity that you're passionate about? Start there and start to work out your calling or, yeah, where you fit in the vision of your church. So next slide. 
So I'm gonna, I know Steve and Christy brought this up last week. I'm not gonna hark on this too much other than, let's look at our own church's mission, vision, and our corporate, like what we have on our documents. And where do you fit into this? So there it is. Our mission is what? We want to advance God's kingdom by making disciples, building strong families, you know, all that stuff there. Training leaders, planning churches. We just spoke about in September, planning churches will be a class, if that's your heart. Um, go to the next slide. And then our vision, to equip a radical generation. So this, this, these two things for us personally, it's, it's what we're about. We want to make disciples and strong leaders and families, and we want to equip people to pursue the world with the gospel of Jesus in the power of Holy Spirit, Ruach himself. Yes. Amen? Omi? Amen? Amen? Some men? One man? <laughs> Amen. So where do you fit into all this? Ask yourself that question. Go back to those, not, don't you go back, but just think of those three questions. Where do I fit into this? Okay. Go to the next slide. Develop, oh, this one, yeah. Next slide. So developing a calling. Next slide. We have three sections here that I'm going to touch on. Your depth of revelation, that's of God. Also, the depth of your experiences with God and the depth of relationships with each other. So number one, depth of revelation. Ephesians 1.17, Paul's praying for the Ephesians. He says, what does he want? I'm going to go right here to where it's highlighted, spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's what Paul is praying for for them. So if he's praying for that for a church, it's safe to say, I think, that it's good to Pray for that for ourselves and for one another. God, reveal to me more about you. Yes. Amen. It's really simple. Holy Spirit is our mentor. Holy Spirit is the one that connects us to God. The only way that you get to know God more is by spending time with God. <laughs> Bible, prayer. Keep it simple. <laughs> Read your Bible and pray. So this is the number one most important thing about you is your depth of relationship with God. It's the crucial part about you. Everything else is secondary. Number one, how is your heart with God? If you're married, the number one thing in your marriage is your relationship to your spouse, not what's for dinner or what job you have. No, no, no. Number one is your relationship with your husband or wife. Even more than the kids, your relationship with your husband or wife. It's more important than everything else. If you two are okay, your kids will be okay. My baby's crawling. <laughs> um, that's number one. Where are you at in your relationship with God? So reading your Bible, go to the next one. Oh, wait, did you, yeah. 
So, did I skip one? Whatever. Reading your Bible is the food of your soul. It's the food of you. Your Bible is the bread. So eat it. Amen. Romans 15, verse 4. I don't think I have that slide in there. But it's written that it's instruction. Okay, all right. Did I read this one? Yeah. Everything written, former day, everything written, okay, that through endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. I'm going to go through these real quick. I'm not going to really read them all the way. I'm just going to read the highlights, Mom. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed by God. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active. The word of God is not dead. I'm sorry. Read it and let it change you. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to you through the Bible. I'll end on this one. On the last one, Mom, Psalm 119. It's, I love this. I'll read the whole thing. It says, the unfolding of your word gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I'm not that smart, but God is better. It's, it's not about how smart you are. God gives revelation it's not just knowledge like you read a textbook and then you know the information. W wisdom and revelation are spiritual. It's not brain knowledge. It starts off here, but really it's, it's, it's a spirit, it's a heart knowledge. The revelation. He gives us understanding. And I have these three quotes. Next. So number one, your quality of life and effectiveness in ministry has everything to do with the depth of relationship you have with him. It's, it's so profound. That's like a, like a Bill Johnson there. Next one, your depth of relationship will make you either enjoy or tolerate the Christian life. Like, I was, I, was, I, was, I was doing this, I got those two things. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's like, one of them, it's the second one. The depth of your relationship. I mean, we all attend church, and we all do church stuff. We come here and we do things because that's what we do. It's, sometimes we do get stuck in ruts. But I'll tell you this, your relationship with God will help you enjoy this Christian life we do or just tolerate it and feel like you're doing what you have to do. Don't do that. It's better to just do whatever you want versus the other. Like, we don't want to go to church to be church people, churchy people. We want a relationship with our God. And then this, when we gather together, this is church because we're here with one heart, with one mindset. Last one, without a relationship with God, Christianity becomes our own standard by which we judge others. It's very easy for this to become a standard of judgment. It's really easy. When you don't know God, 
This is just rules. Finally, experience, oh yeah. And then I'm gonna, um, there we go. So, it's awesome to experience something. To have an experience of something is just, the other day I was, uh, the other day I was playing music here after practice and Douglas and Thomas and I got to just jamming out, just playing music. And man, it's so fun like to experience that. Douglas started playing something on the organ and I was like, ooh, that's nice. And I started playing along with it. And pretty soon we had these little, it, it was like a somewhat complex syncopated rhythm that we had going on. It was really cool. It's, it's, it's awesome to experience music that way versus just listening to it. It's, for me, it's, oh man, I, I love it. I'll tell you what, <laughs> my, my dad used to always tell me that Led Zeppelin is one of the greatest bands of all time. And at the time, I was still listening to Eminem, the Slim Shady LP. And this is my B BC days. And I was, uh, I was like, no, like, like rap is the newest thing. It's, it's the end thing now. And then one day at the shop, I remember we were listening to 99.5 The Hawk before it was The Mountain and, uh, or KBPI. It was like all of a sudden Led Zeppelin came on the radio and I heard a, 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 a guitar solo from Jimmy Page on the, the song Heartbreaker. I was a high school kid. I had never heard the song fully, like listened to it. And it was quiet that day, and I heard that guitar solo, and it made the hairs on the back of my neck rise. I was like, whoa. All of a sudden, I realized, man, Led Zeppelin is pretty good. And then I ended up following their drummer. And it's, he's a big, inf John Bonham, big influence on my own drumming. It's one thing to know or have someone tell you, but then when you experience something for yourself, it changes everything. The first time I heard God speak my name, oh my gosh. And I'll, I'll talk more about this next week. But I had been going to church for a long time at this point, for on and off. And I still had doubts. I still went back and forth at that time with, ah, is God real? No, he is real. Ah, I don't know. And then one day, I just reached my limit, and, and finally God spoke to me, and I heard him speak my name audibly. It's the one and only, one and only time I ever heard it. That moment when God said, Bruno, my name is Jesus and I love you, now follow me. It changed my entire existence. It's one thing to hear Jesus loves you, but when he told me himself, I had been searching for such a long, when he finally told me, hey, my name is Jesus and I love you, now follow me. I was changed forever. It's one thing to experience something, or to know it, but to experience something is amazing. So I'm going to go through this real quick. I need to finish because of the baptisms. I'm going to skip ahead. Give me one sec. Let me get, go to Philippians 3.10. Thank you. And I'm going to read this in the message. I, I never read out of the message, but man, this one's pretty good. So Paul's conversion story, everyone knows it. So, oh, I'm sorry. Here's Paul.
talking to the Philippians, I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally, experience his resurrection power, and be a partner in his sufferings, and go all the way with him to death itself. I, I, I love this. Sometimes we get stuck when we ask each other, hey, what's your testimony? We'll talk about when we got saved. We should aim to have a weekly testimony. What's God doing now in you? Not what he did, oh, well, yeah, 50 years ago. This is what God, what's he doing today with you now? Amen? Nathan, real quick. <laughs> Nathan, real quick. This is crazy. We're talking, we have this prophetic class on Wednesday nights. And then one day, Nathan, <laughs> one day, Nathan comes up to me during service and says, hey, I have 40 bucks for you. And I said, I don't need 40 bucks. And he said, no, no, no. God told me to give you this money. And I said, okay, well, I'll accept it. And we agreed that God would let me know when to use those 40 bucks. So I put it in my pocket. Church ended. And then about an hour after everyone was gone, the, the church phone rang. And I answered it. And some, uh, someone asked if the church was open. I said, no, but I'm here if you need something. And uh, this guy shows up, big guy. He's about this tall, like how I'm standing here. He was bigger than Dom. And uh, he shows up, and he, it's this guy. He's obviously going through a lot. And he asked me to, he said his name was Maria. And so he, he had, like, the tightest shirt, and he had these big glasses on, and uh, his, his nails were painted. He's obviously going through a lot. And... He said, I go by Maria, and he said, my, basically he said he, his grandmother used to attend this church before we took it over, and then uh, he wanted help to get to Greeley because he was like short on gas. Now, over the years I've been, I, 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 I've gotten hard-hearted in areas, and I was like, well, I'm not giving this guy money because he's obviously lying. Honest to God, that's what I thought. Lord knows I was about to brush this guy off. And suddenly, God gave me a sape. God said, you got 40 bucks in your pocket. And I was like, the 40 bucks. And I ended up giving him the $40 for gas. And I ended up praying with the guy. And he broke down and started telling me all. The reason he was going to Greeley is because his, uh, his, uh, his mother had passed away. And so he was going there to, to take over the take care of the funeral stuff. And he needed someone to pray with him. And in that moment, God really convicted me again because I'm not perfect. We're not, we're not really perfect. No one, uh, except Sharon, wherever she is, <laughs> Sharon. Like, the, the only thing is, what I'm trying to say is like, look for your weekly testimony. Be open to God moving through you every week, okay? I'm going to try and, I got so many more notes. I'm going to go to this. Let's do, let's go to the depth of godly relationships on earth. And I'm going to bring this to a close. But this is really what I wanted to spend a lot of time on. Your depth of godly relationships with each other. This is probably one of the biggest, most crucial parts about walking out your Christian life. About walking out your calling. We live in an age of consumerism. 
We live in an age that we consume everything. Man, that movie was good, or that movie was terrible. That church service, the music was too loud. The music wasn't loud enough. The drummer was off time. That person really was a bad singer. The sermon sucked. Man, I don't like the way that guy preached. They didn't use enough scriptures. They used too many life examples. We, <laughs> we live in an age where I think that mentality has infiltrated us as church, in the US at least. Man, we need it. That's not us. We are not consumer mentality. Everything that happens here is not a show. We don't do things to consume. Let me see. I'm going to skip ahead. My notes here. Yeah. You can go ahead and go to Matthew 22. Last slide. I'm going to just land this thing so we can do baptisms. But guys, <clears throat> we gather together because we need each other. The Bible is really clear, okay? We're, we don't gather to consume. We don't gather merely to listen to a sermon and listen to four songs, one fast, three slow. We don't get here to sit down and do a church service. Okay, the Bible is really clear that we are to gather together and serve one another. We are to gather together and motivate one another. Hebrews 10, 24, it says really clear, let us think of ways to motivate one another. Let us not neglect meeting together. And I love how it says there, notice, the Bible doesn't say, think of ways to be motivated. It says, think of ways to motivate. You think you come here to get prayed for? Maybe. You come here to pray for someone else. We gather together to encourage each other. What did Steve say last week? Some, the 20% of the church does everything. I don't know if that's true or not, but it feels right. <laughs> like, we gather here to serve each other, to motivate each other, to do better. If we all did that, we would all get prayed for. If we all did that, we would all get what we are looking for. But I think consumer mind mentality tells a Christian, go to church to receive something. Go to church to be encouraged. I'm challenging us to say, go to church to encourage someone else. The growth of this church is dependent on our growth as individuals. That's how this all works. Your personal calling is connected to the church's vision. The church's vision serves to fulfill the great commission. It goes from top to bottom and then back up. We have to work together. I'm tired of bickering and complaining and whining about each other. We gotta, uh, I don't wanna say that we have to do more, but we have to do more <laughs> as individuals for one another. I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired of just 
the same old, same old. I want more out of us. I want more out of what we do together. You know, we say all these things, but really do we walk it out? I love everyone here. Like this morning I got up, it was 4.30 in the morning and I get up and I started praying because I was like, I really need God. And I started praying for like as many people as I could think of. And uh, I, I think some, you might feel like this, this word might be aggressive and it, it is, <laughs> it's not, it's not a, a nice word, but it's very real. Jesus made us to be like family. Now, I was just talking to Doug Johnson. Family, like even in a Mexican family, you never go against your family. Like your family is the family, right? But a spiritual family, we also need to have each other's backs. And we have to learn how to motivate each other to do good works. How can I help you guys? And how can you guys help me and each other? If you get offended, get over it. If you get offended, get over it. What are we in middle school? If you're in middle school, I'm no offense. <laughs> but let's get over it. Let's, let's be more mature about this, what we do here. Amen? So with that, I'm going to... Amen. <laughs> I like that. Um, with that, I'm going to end this. I got like so many more notes. But that's a good place to end. Matthew 22. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and, all your, uh, and all, with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And everything else that, that covers everything. Love God and love each other. If we can just do that, do you, do you talk smack about someone you love? Only to their face and when you're in competition. <laughs> When you're playing video games, maybe. But do we really talk bad about each other when we love each other? I don't talk bad about Taylor because I love her. Right? If we love each other, we wouldn't do stuff. If we love each other, we'll encourage each other. Like, I call Taylor out when she's doing something wrong and she calls me out because she loves me. The only reason I dressed up with a nice shirt today is because my mom is here. <laughs> and my mom likes it when I dress up nice. Yeah, because I love her. Yeah, I'm good with wearing sweats, really beat up shoes, and an old t-shirt. But it's, it's, a, it's a way of, of serving someone else, like the way that I dress now. I used to be very, I dress how I want to dress. I'm starting to shift, <laughs> you know? I don't belong to me. We belong to each other. With that, I'm going to hand it over. We're going to do baptisms now. So we're going to open up the baptismal. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. If you'd like to find out more about who we are, we invite you to check out our website or feel free to download the Church Center app. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on YouTube and Spotify. We love you, God bless you, and thank you for tuning in to Catch the Fire Boulder.